Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave She and host Brenda She Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. episode 47 of secret histories of nerd mysteries my name is host brenda i'm host austin we haven't done like just a normal here's our voices in a while i wasn't i wasn't ready (laughs) yeah like sometimes you just you just want to have a regular just to like kind of bring things back to zero and then we can bring the goofs back in haven't done a cold open in a while it's been a while hey everybody sometimes we keep it serious yeah sometimes simple's best isn't it (laughs) <laughs> this, I'm sorry. So we, me and Brenda were talking about like, what news can we talk about? And we got on the topic of comics during Pride Month are just like every other company. It's hell. Um, some companies do a good job. And by that, I mean, hire people to do a good job. And some comics uh, don't. Uh, apparently, Black Cat's been a fish is actually bisexual as this article <laughs> according keeps to saying. the article actually hey everyone she's actually bisexual. um the they confirmed that about a like almost to the day a month ago just in time for them to announce the pride covers with her on it um <laughs> this panel is weak as fuck if this is the panel that i'm looking at that like confirms quote unquote let me see uh, it's like, there's, I don't know who this guy is, but he's like, not that it's any of my business, but have you told Miss Blake? You two have been quite close. Like, that's not, that's not explicit. No. It's like, hey, have you told Miss Blake you two were kissing? <laughs> Sorry, I was you, fucking you two watching. Are, you two are best friends. <laughs> <laughs> best buddies. Why does Black Cat look like she's like, 40 yeah why is she picture. like 80 years old like that's yeah. fi- like that's fine if we want to be older but like they don't draw the dude heroes like that they're all like no, i'm 19 like, she looks like michelle pfeiffer in um ant-man 2 <laughs> yeah she does you're right that's- is is the black cat book like serious i don't know i've never read it do i need to read black cat yeah it's like who is this guy with this fancy mustache uh it's a, apparently it's a flashback who's she talking to her mentor fox ah <laughs> yeah apparently it's her mentor fox not the fox just do you know what kind of hell hey when you write a comic and you just want like a, you have to put the in front like you i can't just say fox i think the fox is like a different comic book series character though like a oh entirely. like they can't say capital t fox because someone yeah. will sue them <laughs> The one and only Fox. <laughs> but it's like Fox is like spelled with two X's. Yeah. Or Appar- three X's. So apparently part of the panel we don't see is she says she won't forgive me for this. Uh, and then Fox replies, a young heart is easily broken. And then Fleece replies, but likewise, it will mend easily with time. Appa- according, this conversation clearly confirms that it was more than just a relationship. 
or just a this friendship. Is- it hey, if fuck I'm listen, it's fine if Marvel's like, and that's us saying she's gay, that's weak fucking shit. I wanna see her like her tongue down a girl's throat. <laughs> I want This I is black cat. <laughs> this come is on. Fu- listen, sh- come we have seen her tongue in Peter Parker's fucking mouth in a comic. Yeah, it's like this is come on, this is black cat. This is black cat. Like, this whole like this is this these panels are like paced like very serious. I'm like, who is this? This is not Black Cat. Like, come on. <laughs> like anyone that's seen Black Cat and Peter Parker when they're together, it is they are disgusting. I'm like, you just saved a kid. Get off of each other. Yeah, really. Like anytime they're anywhere near each other, it's just like, all right, all right, break it up. Break break it up, you two. <laughs> yeah, like... Just like you there's more stuff to be done. Can you just please for one second stop stop swapping spit? Stop. Like, like God, I'm just looking at mon like panels where they've made out, and they are like, like get your hips off of each other. You're saving children. <laughs> like Jesus, oh my God. Anyway, so ba- yeah. So back to the issue with like these pride covers. <laughs> back to the serious issue at hand. It's kind of the same issue that happens with like corporations nowadays, like profiting off of um lgbt culture and um without giving anything back so like i think these these covers always kind of come up under fire because um they always seem pretty cash grabby yes um i think another notable example was the hip-hop covers oh um, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> sorry hey marvel hey marvel who is like, yeah, for Doctor Strange, we'll do Jay-Z's The Chronic cover. <laughs> <laughs> who, what, who, who the, where the, why? Those were, that was a hell. Like, just I, abs- And the worst part, <laughs> like, I, I, bu- hey, who was like, yeah, T'Challa should be a Jay-Z cover. What? <laughs> like, and the thing is, is like, you get pinched because like, so I bought those because they were cool. Yeah. And it's also like, yeah, but if you don't get them, then they're like, oh, well, we never have to do hip hop culture stuff. And like, I don't really want you to, but I want to give black writers that may want to work for you to do like a hip hop story, like a chance to be like, well, they sell, you know, because like, that's the thing. Like, yeah, honestly, for if you are selling your comic book in a store, even if it's self-published, like you go for what sells because I don't I don't we have to like have a comic creator on one time we really can't belabor enough (laughs) making comics is like you're working for pennies on the hour for how much Mm -hmm. work it takes and with like the um like the hip-hop covers like the biggest like hip-hop comic i believe is not by a uh, black creator um what's his name ed pisker that's who it is i'm pretty sure he's white um, and he did a series about the history of hip hop. So like whenever a hip hop thing comes up in comics, Ed Pisker always gets like brought out and it's just like, hey, stop. Yeah, he did a uh, hip hop family tree. <laughs> yep, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, so back to like the LGBT covers, it's kind of like the same thing where it's like I know one of the publishers did hire like LGBT artists to work yeah, on them. Marvel hired uh I just had it pulled up. My the creator Marvel hired is gay. Okay, good. I um, don't I know. Don't, I don't know what DC's up to. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if DC hired 
a gay creator, but I know the only DC one I know is they had a Harley and Ivy cover. And I was excited. Like a few, I just sent you a picture of Ed. I was excited. Like a few other people because hey that's another one i'm like no they're not just like nonchalant about it i don't know if you've met harley quinn Um, (laughs) have you have you met harley have you seen the character you've made and decided to make a certain way but when she's gay you make a different way um (laughs) the picture of ed is not loading well you'll he's unknowable (laughs) oh my god (laughs) oh he looks like how you probably imagine frankly um i'll just google it if the internet's letting me down but i found out from a friend who works at a shop who's like seen the interiors that it's super not gay uh like it's not it's like not even about their friendship even it's just like they're just on the cover um (laughs) i'm assuming you found the picture of ed (laughs) piscoir that's the whitest man i've ever seen like that's the photo you went with, man? When they were like, hey, we need a photo for your, like, web, like, whatever. That's, like, his official photo, you know? Yeah, his Wikipedia's in a bucket hat. You yeah, scroll down you... a little bit on his page, he's in a fedora. Yeah, I was like, please paint a word picture for the people. <laughs> yes, okay, so imagine the whitest man you know. Mm-hmm. With, like, those little tiny oval glasses, you know, the ones. And a fedora and a t-shirt. <laughs> Hip-hop family tree. Hip-hop family tree. <laughs> so God. Sorry, Ooh. Austin, what were, you, what were you saying? I was just yelling about DC, about the, yeah. ca- like, so that's more of a cash-grabby one, and that's usually what we get is, like, I feel like for Pride one year, they had, like, Wonder Woman on a cover, and that's yeah. another one you're like, well, yeah, but, like, are you gonna say it? And they're like, <laughs> what? Yeah, it's like Wonder Woman comics are always like very hetero, and absolutely they should not be. Like, what? She's lived for like five hundred years or something with only women, and you're like, well, none of them ever kiss. They have never once <laughs> date. She's never no. been on a date. <laughs> none of the Amazons kiss each other ever. <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> shut up. Like, grow up. <laughs> and Pokemon so that- cards. Pokemon. Oh, go cards. ahead. <laughs> pokemon cards no we should this is the next thing okay. this is the next fucking wild news all right um yeah pokemon cards aren't being sold at uh target it's not even just pokemon cards it's Yu-Gi-Oh cards it's uh baseball cards yeah. which was a wild one target is pulling their trading card section from in store to protect their workers yeah because it's been getting like really fucking ugly yeah uh Pokemon cards are, like, absolutely popping off, which is um, wild, and this will crash. What do you give it? Like, a couple months? It's going to crash in a couple months? It's going to crash. It's going to crash? I I don't know what happened. Do you know what happened? Oh, I know a little bit of what happened. I'm not going to say I'm an expert, but I want you to guess what you think happened, and I will tell you what happened. So, there are three things I know that were going on. Mm-hmm. I know for a while McDonald's is doing like special Pokemon cards with like cert with like I assume Happy Meals. Yes. And no, that was an issue of like people like, I want four hundred Happy Meals and McDonald's being like, You absolutely don't. <laughs> yes. Being like, Well, we don't physically have four hundred Happy Meals. Yeah, yeah. Um so I know that was a problem for a while. And then I know I know for a while now the Pokemon card thing was an issue and the Pokemon company was like, Fuck you, we'll just print their paper. And they were trying yeah. to just print more. And speculators were like, fuck you. 
I have a no limit credit card and no sense of life. <laughs> yeah. It's like Pokemon took the stance where they were like, well, we will just print more. Like, do you th- do you think we won't just print more? <laughs> yeah, like, like Pokemon's like, we're not Magic the Gathering or some shit. We're- like, we'll just make more. We're not, <laughs> they're like, we're not playing this game. No, we won't do this. So, um, props to the Pokemon company. And then you said you had one more? Uh, so with that idea, it's, I feel like it, it's between that and pandemic nostalgia setting in people just like got back into pokemon so it all comes back to youtube oh and i can't tell you which of like the white shitty youtubers it was (laughs) it's somebody probably a paul or something you know one of those guys in that kind of general vein you know like one of those people who's out there on like the youtube space that you just absolutely don't care about or Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. but they seemingly have millions and millions of followers which is always they weird, s- right? It's always like, it's so you hear about a YouTuber and you're like, uh, someone's like, oh, they did a video on like, Kids WB, I think you're like, you're like oh, okay. And you go and it's like, video, 800 million views. And you're like, <laughs> what? And it's like, I this is the brand new, this video sponsored by four governments. And you're like, who are you? Yeah, it's like, what? It's okay. <laughs> Um, and I can't tell you, like, which one it was, but they started doing, like, opening packs and, like, getting, like, rare cards. So then, I think you know, I people found wanted... them. Who is it? Well, this first video is from January, and it's about getting a $4,200 Pokemon card. <sighs> Unlisted Leaf? Anyway, what? continue. Yeah. And it's just, like, just start opening Pokemon cards and being like, I got this one. And it's, like, really rare. And people were like, oh, God, I want the rare one, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, all the followers kind of, like, started getting out there and, like, buying all the Pokemon cards initially. Mm-hmm. And uh, then after that, like, kind of, like, speculators were like, oh, this is the thing we do now. And so then, like, just, like, hardcore speculator collectors are, like, coming in to buy Pokemon cards now, too. Um and, like, those people are always shitty. Like, we saw them, like, back in the Beanie Baby era, mm-hmm. in the comic book era. Yeah, you, like, collectors are... Not collect, not collectors. Collectors are fine people who just like yeah. a thing, and they're like, and they I just, it. like, I buy every Pikachu. They're like, I'll pay $100, I just want it. I'm not gonna sell it. I I will own every Pikachu. Um, speculators are terrifying people terrifying these are like people who like push kids over who will like yell at employees like these are the people this is the reason why target and um now very recently walmart mm-hmm. is not gonna be carrying cards anymore yeah um it, it's really shitty and i hate that it's pokemon cards especially because like i was really looking into like last year um before i lost my job to it was just two years ago now mm-hmm. i was looking into like buying old packed like old boxes of like the original pokemon cards just so i could like have that feeling of opening mm-hmm. a whole box of original Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. And it was doable back then, mm-hmm. but not for me because I had no money. Right. And, and now it, it's like thousands and thousands of dollars. Right. And, like, Fuck. and it looks like that's what happened here. At least, mm-hmm. at least on this YouTuber. I don't know if this is the person who made it shitty. Um, this seems like more of a person who just likes Pokemon. And, and that could have been how it started. Like, it right. could have just been like, I like Pokemon and I want to open packs on my channel because I think that'd be fun. Yeah, this, like, they have one video that's like, I open every pack ever made. Like, what you just said. Like, they just, they bought, it looks like they got one of every pack and it took six months to find them all and they opened one pack from every 
like release from 1999 to 2020 and like that's like it's not something i could afford but this yeah. is a youtuber with three million views on average on a page so they probably have quite a bit of ad money <laughs> yeah and it's like a tax write-off because it's for your channel. exactly you know like if i open them on a camera none of this actually costs money which is <laughs> i can't fault them as a genius ploy it's true <laughs> uh yes yeah, like so we saw this we've also seen this um in fucking the mcdonald's had this problem before with the fucking uh rick and morty sauce the rick and morty sauce was like the previous time yeah um. which i don't know if you if you didn't hear about that so rick and morty did a bit about the mulan Sichuan like sauce they released that mcdonald's did uh about because it, it it was really good sauce i remember it it was i do yeah um, that was like right when chicken nuggets started tasting good <laughs> do you remember when chicken mcnuggets were like awful like they were sponges yes like, they weren't chicken you were like this were is so... not chicken this is clearly I, not like, chicken yeah every time i eat like a current a modern day chicken mcnugget i'm like blasted into the past whereas like when chicken mcnuggets <laughs> tasted like garbage like, what was i eating <laughs> what did i put in my body for like i hated were them we, like six yeah, this was like young, young, and it was like I hated them. I was like, please don't get me nuggets. My mom would be like, well, it's like a really easy, like nice, easy dipping snack, and I'm like, I hate them. <laughs> they taste like sponges. Um, <laughs> so the sauce was good, and then Rick and Morty did this bit about like how they just think about the sauce all the time. The bit was kind of it was. I'll give it to Rick and Morty. It was kind of funny. Like I would do that bit. Yeah, but it's, it's it's a very like my sense of humor bit. It's yeah. just like out off the wall zany like barely makes any sense it's like yeah, yeah fine cool neat rick and morty <laughs> fandom like every fandom frankly it lost its mind and started bullying mcdonald's to bring the sauce back mm -hmm. mcdonald's i'm sure whoever is in charge of that mcdonald's must have been like what the fuck is a rick and morty <laughs> <laughs> they were i feel like mcdonald's like younger mcdonald's employees know what a rick and morty is and they were like uh-oh yeah <laughs> shit's about to get bad <laughs> or like maybe they were like grabbing this happened with pokemon cards too like employees might have been grabbing sauces too yes and like sneaking sauces it's so easy to do but it's um <laughs> i don't i don't know if any video evidence exists from target but there's video evidence of the rick and morty re reaction and if you mm -hmm. want to get a glimpse of like what employees have to deal with with speculators like there were people on counters. There were people like having meltdowns in the middle of the like lobby. Like it is, you would be shocked what humanity will dissolve to when they get in that mindset. Yeah, it's awful. And like kind of similarly, um, in a smaller scale, like the Disney park toys oh, that yeah. came out of McDonald's, like a couple that got kind of ugly too. Um, because Disney fans are kind of terrible. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> I mean, the Target that I frequent here in Grand Rapids already had Yu-Gi-Oh cards locked up. You couldn't just get Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. cards. They were, like, behind a locked thing. And I don't play Yu-Gi-Oh anymore. Um, they are behind the locked thing. And there was, like, any time a new set came out, I knew about it, even though I don't play. Because there'd be a note that was, like, four per customer or whatever. Because mm -hmm. um, these people are just... They have in their head that that person in front of them or that kid grabbing the cards is stealing their like million dollar pack or whatever yeah it's so toxic and like shitty and like this has been going on like since when collecting started this yeah. has been going on you know like cabbage patch kids like mm -hmm. you know, people 
stealing Cabbage Patch Kid dolls out of the hands of children trying to get mm-hmm. a hold of them. Um, same ha- thing happened with Tickle Me Elmo mm-hmm. and Furbies mm-hmm. and, you know, everything. Like, uh, speculators are just, like, dirty, n- nasty people, usually. Yeah. Well, because the and the thing is, like, they create their own market, right? So Yeah, so it's incredibly volatile. Because, like, with comics, we had it start when people started when people started selling their old books like when we hit mm-hmm. what like the 80s 90s 80s i'll say early 80s is kind of when it started the because the, the bubble burst in the 90s yeah 92 is around when things started to go bad <laughs> um and so in comics that's when it started with us like people like started selling their old books like their parents old stuff or their old stuff or whatever they're like i don't need this anymore right and yeah Old comics are, like, a part, like, any comic is a part of history. But the way old books were made, like, finding one intact is, like, oh, my God. Like, I haven't, like, no one's seen this since, like, 19-whatever. Yeah. Um, It's like any piece of history. It's, like, it has value. And that drove people to, like, I feel like the 90s was, like, collector hell. Because they were, like, mm. this thing will be worth money because everyone wants it. And then speculators buy, like... They go to Toys R Us and buy every Cabbage Patch Kid. They go to Target and, you know, threaten employees and buy every pack of Pokemon cards. And now they're like, now I can sell these for $100 because no one else has one. They're like Mad Max warlords of things that don't matter. Exactly. It only matters for like a very small amount of time because they made it matter. But eventually that becomes like unstable and it collapses. And then people are stuck with thousands of Beanie Babies. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, you know someone? Do you know someone yeah. who got beanie babied? No, I mean I still have I have many beanie babies because yeah. they were like it was they're like what were they like four bucks a piece? I, I had like one that when Target we're not Target uh when McDonald's like a beanie baby thing I got yeah. like I got some but I didn't like my grandma had some I think but I don't we didn't like collect the only thing I've ever collected in my life are Spider Man comics. Mm. Yeah, that's that's um, it. with beanie babies like my parents were working a lot so they didn't have a lot of time to spend with me Mm -hmm. so what we would do on weekends is we would go hunt down the new beanie baby (laughs) (laughs) that was just what we did so i i still have them but i have them because i like them Mm -hmm. like they were never meant to be like their 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 tags are gone they've got like little um dot marks on their tush tags to know that they were mine when i took them to like daycare to play with them Mm -hmm. Uh, and i mostly just have them because like that was like a very important memory to me yeah um where will i put them in the future I wish I knew. Because <laughs> you can't, like, put them on a shelf. If you've never seen the Beanie Baby, like, they're, like, crushed velvet? They're, like, mushy. Like, they're not <laughs> they easy. Like, they get, they get dusty. They're yeah. not easy to clean. You probably have to spot clean them, I assume? You can throw them in the washing machine, but you have to be careful that they don't explode. <laughs> <laughs> they're not an easy thing to have in your house to make look good and keep clean and free of dust. Yeah, you really just got to put them in a net and like ch- like shove them all in like, one of those stuffed animal nets and just like dump them all in there and be like, "There's the beanie babies. Here they are." Like, <laughs> you know. Um, so, my advice to collectors is just just collect what you like mm-hmm. and not what you think is going to be worth money. Because you'll be upset because, when it's not worth money in a week. Yeah, and you won't know like what to do with it. I still, anytime we talk about speculators and collectors, I think about that person who cut in line in front of me when I waited outside the comic (laughs) shop. I, listen, everybody, it was Spider-Man 
800. I wait. I, I, so I would always pick up my books on Wednesdays before pandemic, but I didn't get, I wasn't like a right when doors open kind of person that I just didn't care. I'm like, I have my polls. I'm it's whatever. If there's a cool cover, like Brenda or one of our other friends will tell me and I'll be like, Oh neat. I'll check it out. And that's it. Um, but with Spider-Man 800, Mm -hmm. it was like, coming to the dance slots run and then they had a really cool variant like it was the first time i was like i want the 25 dollar variant i never care about it but i was like that one's really cool it's up in my office right now like I, that is why i it's wanted a it good yeah it's a good cover i got this guy oh go ahead yeah so i get there at like 9 30 and like brenda waves at me from the door and i she's like do you want to wait inside i was like no i'm fine you're like like, I'm sure there's, like, a reason you can't let me in. It's okay. Uh, some other guy gets there. Asks if I'm waiting for the shop to open. I'm like, yes. Gets there at, like, 9.58 or whatever. Um, Brenda opens the door. And it feels like he runs in and grabs it. Yeah, it's, there's an unspoken, there was an unspoken rule about Wednesdays. Is that you wait in a line. And usually this guy respected it. And he just decided today he was not going to respect Yeah austin at all um so guy runs in and grabs it and this is a guy who would like throw a fit if he didn't get his way yeah so i, I call the other store to get this cover for austin brenda's a saint isn't it it was yeah i because I well, he like grabbed not only did he grab it he took like too many right because remember you told me like there's yeah. like a there's like an unspoken rule as well for people who show Unspo- up like that yeah you stand right next to them and then someone picks one and then someone picks one and then next person you know it's this is an unspoken rule this man usually follows but he was like not today like he knew because he knew why i was because i i think i showed up in my spider-man shirt i was like you were ready i was very excited i was like i love spider-man that is like when i am low on money for books the only one i'll keep my list is spider-man i was like i have a goal in my head that i will own every spider-man from like 2015 to like whenever i stop with a run or something like that is that was like that is what i will do that is my thing uh and i was just like you bad and i was like is this what it does to people maybe i just am not meant to have it and brenda was like austin i will kill this man for this book (laughs) yeah it's like i'm already ready to kill this man on a normal day so (laughs) i I will (laughs) so i you know like i just called detroit the detroit store because they had just opened and they don't get quite as many like people and i was just like please put this aside for austin immediately <laughs> like, yeah. i was ready to drive i was like don't you drive there and, and they're like oh no we'll just i think they shipped it to your store yeah they did which usually they don't they'll just like um someone will come between like one of the owners will come between the stores and like take them eventually but they mm-hmm. were like no we're shipping this to austin i was like yeah. oh, so as that that was my interaction with like and it felt aggressive, right? Like, that's why I didn't say mm-hmm. anything to him, because it felt like a person that would, like, go ballistic. And that is... Yeah. And that's why, like, I didn't confirm... I called the other store. Because yeah. I-, I knew. I was like, no. Yeah. yeah. I've had... I had previous altercations. So, <laughs> so. If, you, if you work for Target, I, I'm, gla- I'm glad... I'm glad that Target's taking initiative, right? Yeah. That they're like, hey, we can't have you fucking coming in here like that, so you just can't get it. <laughs> It, like, it sucks because, like, now kids can't go in and get their cards, but they weren't able to get them anyway, and this is, like, keeping people safe. You know, the people who are angry at Target or Walmart for taking these precautions, like, you're not the person who's being intimidated by these, like, grown adults. Grown adults. I can't, 
Can you imagine yeah. being a target worker? Pick like thinking about getting a summer job and you walk in and like or like say you're a teen. High school's gonna be out soon. Mm-hmm. You're like I'm so excited to get back to work at Target for the summer or whatever, because I know Target hires a good amount of teens during the summer. Um, yeah. And you walk in, you see, like, a grown adult screaming at one of your adult co-workers, and you're like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, it's chill out. Wow. It's fake paper. Jesus. I'll print it's you paper. one. Chill out. They're so easy to counterfeit. They're so e- there's po- <laughs> Pokemon cards aren't even on like the good cardboard. They are on like paper. No, because they're for Pokemon kids. Ca- yeah, they're just meant for kids. These aren't magic cards. Like, come on. I I could with a weekend. I'm pretty sure me and Brenda can make a full set of Pokemon cards. Yeah, and then just have them and be like, well, these are just our homemade Pokemon cards, and it'll be very meaningful. They're worth $4 million. $4 million because they're one of a kind. One of a kind secret histories of nerd mysteries counterfeit Pokemon cards. Jesus. Can't get them anywhere else. <laughs> from, the, from the same room as Brenda's hot tub. <laughs> I made them on top of the hot tub. I used it as a table. <laughs> Is there a watermark? Yeah, from the hot tub. From the hot tub. Austin, I love you. I love you too. <laughs> hey, Brenda, I need to know what the fuck yeah. we're talking about today because I've been thinking about it since your tweet. <laughs> I was like, Austin, Austin's not going to be able to figure this out. I, w- I <laughs> was trying to reverse engineer the images. I like synced the images up. I was like on Google reverse engine, like reverse searching. Uh, I may have found a different episode, <laughs> but what's this one? <laughs> this one is about the Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando. Okay. See So sorry. No, yes. no, no. I I I was close, but it was like too close. I was like that's too I was like <laughs> my first thought was is it about Nickelodeon Studios and I was like no, that's too easy. <laughs> I was like, there's no way this is... Because I, kn- I know that both Eliza Thornberry and Curious George make an appearance. So I was like, no, no, no. Why would Brenda just, like... If it was that, it, she wouldn't be this cryptic. <laughs> yeah, it's that. Well, those images actually aren't from Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando. And I will explain where those images came from towards the end of it. Okay. Um. But I still had theme parks on the brain. Of course you did. Just, I'm just, I always do. But also it's like summertime <laughs> and it's another year in which I don't get to go to a theme park because it's not advisable. So it's like just thinking about theme parks and thinking about um, Nickelodeon Studios at Universal Studios Orlando. Um, have you been there? I have and I'm going to talk about that. Okay. I've also been there. Maybe we'll both talk yeah. about it. Yeah. So um, I talked about, like, I was, I was there later on like towards the end of it all okay um but i will get there so we've talked about nicktoons before we actually had a um two-part nicktoon special extravaganza we did a while back which is really fun we need to do another video like that um and what kind of got me started like thinking about this was like we did one on nicktoons and i feel like there's something there with like nickelodeon live action shows 
Maybe sometime in the future, who knows? So I always think about it, and the reason I haven't is because Mm -hmm. of that guy. Yes. I think (laughs) we could do it without talking about that guy. If you... Okay. Okay. I think we don't need to mention him, and we can instead focus on the actors who made those things iconic. Okay. Um, So I think something's there. We can discuss it later. For sure. Uh, But I didn't feel like researching for that that like thread so i was just like well they filmed them in orlando so (laughs) you know what else is in orlando (laughs) and i just got thinking about how interesting it was that this was like a fully functioning studio in orlando Mm -hmm. um and like that whole period of time where universal studios orlando was built initially to be a functioning film studio Mm -hmm. in florida um that's why when you go to Universal Studios, all of, like, the rides are in, like, big um, sound stages mm-hmm. that are numbered. Mm-hmm. Um, when the park first opened, a lot of those sound stages were real sound stages. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, um, the Shrek ride is in, like, a sound stage that used to be a sound stage, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a real functioning one. Now it's the Shrek ride. Mm-hmm. Um it's just very interesting as a concept that that was something that they really, really tried to make happen. Mm-hmm. And it it didn't quite fail, but it also didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so Nickelodeon is an American cable channel. It started airing in 1979. It was the first channel on TV that was solely dedicated to children's mm-hmm. programming. And in the early days, they didn't have their own programming. They initially got their start showing off a show called Pinwheel, um, which was kind of similar to sesame street a little more chaotic um (laughs) and then eventually they started incorporating like other like syndicated shows that they could get for fairly cheap so the first one that was incredibly successful was a canadian skit show called you can't do that on television which is actually the show where the iconic nickelodeon green slime originated from so that wasn't like a creation solely of nickelodeon this came from this canadian like skit show um so, one second, there's, like, some gunk on my glasses. Gunk, 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 I need to be able to see so I can record this audio <laughs> media. If she can't see the microphone, everyone, Brenda will just start to wander around. I'll um, just, like, be, like, on the other side of the room. <laughs> it's, like, it's kind of like a horse. Like, we put blinders on her and just right in front of the mic. And if she loses sight of that, it's over. She's, she is, like, the wind. It's slightly warm today. I'm shocked she's not, like, so I'm outside. <laughs> I'm looking out the window right now. <laughs> Austin can't tell what that was a that was an audio gag. <laughs> My favorite thing about recording sep- like in different locations is that where I'm like talking to you, you're like, you don't know, but I walked away from the microphone four minutes ago. It was really funny. <laughs> and I feel like I need to let you know because for you nothing changes, nothing but I'm just saying weird shit. um so yeah you can't do that on television was like pretty popular and that kind of like started the gears turning that like nickelodeon could make its own productions just fine so this branched off into two directions one direction was nicktoons Mm -hmm. which started going into development in the late 80s and the other direction was creating like shows live action shows for kids and teens Mm -hmm. um and this included game shows oh yeah at the time, there were no game shows, like, directed at, just at kids. So kids enjoyed watching, like, 
adult game shows, but like a lot of time it was like over their heads. Mm-hmm. So Nickelodeon started developing a concept for a live action game show called Double Dare. Oh, yeah. Double Dare um, started filming at a PBS sound studio in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in 1986. Um, they like film a, like a couple seasons mm. of it. Um, it was pretty successful. They were like, okay, so we could go forward with this. Um, during the same time, Orlando, um, the Universal Studios in Orlando was being built, and Nickelodeon and Universal came to a deal that they would open sound stages for Nickelodeon at this park. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to find like more specifics about like, did Universal approach Nickelodeon? Did Nickelodeon approach Universal? Because they are like separate companies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Universal is like separate from Viacom, which owns Nickelodeon. Um, so it's not just like, oh, it makes sense to have Nickelodeon be here because mm. we're the same company. There mm. was a very conscious um, work of teamwork coming together yeah. to make this. Yeah, I'm surprised it was not like a, it must have been like a, what's a closed door meeting or something. Yeah. Um, but even then, so you think about like, like when we get big announcements for movies and TV shows and stuff, that's usually because there's a quote-unquote closed-door investor meeting but they know the investors are going to talk to some sort of news outlet for like a big scoop so they just tell us what they told them for tv yeah um but i'm guessing i wonder if back then it was just like there's not internet who you're going to talk to you know exactly they were just like we can't actually just keep this secret or maybe it was like published in like a newspaper that i couldn't find Mm -hmm. Or something, but I did hunt for a very long amount of time to try to like get more specifics on like how this went down. Yeah, um, some business people shook hands, and now Nick has a spot. Pretty much now, Nickelodeon is part of this theme park. Um, uh, Nickelodeon Studios was an opening day attraction at Universal Studios Orlando oh. when it opened on June seventh, nineteen ninety, and um, they utilized the sound stages seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen near the front corner of the park. Mm-hmm. It's not really a corner. It's like off to the side. It's not near the back. It's like weird because you're like walking down this like big like freeway, big <laughs> big aisle way. There's this big aisle way, and then like sound stages 17, 18, and 19 are like off to the side, mm-hmm. kind of hidden. Like you can see the front of it, but it's like way off to the side, where away from everything else. Yeah. in a weird spot. It's like nestled. Right behind what is currently the Minions ride at Universal no. Studios. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that ride, too. Not the Minions specifically, just kind of like how that ride, which is a simulator ride, um, ties in with Nickelodeon Studios. Because literally, they're like right up to each other. Um, on opening day, that ride was the Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera, which was... <laughs> oh, my God. Um, which is really the only opening day attraction that worked at universal because <laughs> like um universal studios orlando's first opening day is like absolutely notorious for being awful like the the ground like wasn't quite set yet mm. so people were like sinking there were electricity issues because confrontation was like using too much electricity to run so like oh, there wow. were just like blackouts throughout the park jaws was just broken all day mm-hmm. i think et may- maybe ran okay <laughs> But maybe it didn't. (laughs) Anyway, so like one of the only working rides was Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera. And then right directly behind that was Nickelodeon Studios, which was giving tours um, all day. So like that area of the park was where most people funneled to because you could actually do something over Mm -hmm. there. Um, 
Nickelodeon hosted a three-hour-long opening ceremony hosted by Mark Summers, who would go on to be the host of Double Dare for several yeah. years. Yeah. Um, just iconic as a host, truly. <laughs> just truly. I've been re-watching on Food Network's Unwrapped that he also hosted. Didn't they bring back Double Dare? She was like a mini on like on like their website or something, too? I think they did. Um, for a little while, they did bring Double Dare back, I think. Any his hair like, was just like like I you <laughs> if you can imagine 90s as a man it's Mark Summers I'm letting you know right it's Mark I'm letting Summers. you know he dressed like he did not dress like he was going to go on a show where like slime was being thrown around he was like dressed like he was going to go like have brunch in the in the again in the 90s <laughs> to appeal to children also he was like I'm really fancy and yeah. we're going to throw slime at people yeah. and it's like oh okay we were very down for it it was great um <clears throat> man i should have such so the, good energy um, sorry i just remember he oh, started that show off like hype like every episode like they started and he's like he they started and he's like we're already doing something's happening right now you're catching up to us <laughs> we've been doing this for a little bit while now we're just starting to get yeah they always start he would like be yeah. introduced to families and he was like and they have to get this ball across the court and like it would start like there's no intro it was just <laughs> the intro was him being like welcome to double dare we have Brenda's family and Austin's family, they have to juggle hockey sticks. And then, like, this, they're like, we're already juggling. We've been juggling for 10 minutes. We've been juggling forever. Sorry, go ahead. Waiting for the. <laughs> oh, no, no worries. Um, there were two attractions opening day at Nickelodeon Studios. One of them was the tour that I previously mentioned, where we would kind of go through, like, um, a mock taping of one of the shows. They would show you like different stages. They would take you to the gag kitchen. You'd see where they how they made slime. Um, which by the way, slime smells like apple apple sauce. Apple applesauce. <laughs> Green applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fruity. You wouldn't expect it, but it's very fruity. <laughs> like, I, I enjoy that it smells like apple applesauce. Which apple, is apple sauce. much different than applesauce, everybody. Get it right. I was trying to I was trying to specify that it smells like green apple, like fake green apple smell. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant. But for some reason I was like, it's apple applesauce. Um <laughs> And then they would also show you just like um different like game show games that they were testing out, and you would get to participate in some of those as part of the tour as well. Mm. And then the second thing you could do was watch live taping so they would like this is how it worked towards like the end of the cycle but you would just kind of be back there and they would be like would you like to go see x show and they would hand you a ticket and then you would come back at a specified time and they would let you into the stage Mm -hmm. um so live action shows were taped here between 1989 and 2004 and just a couple of the ones that were filmed here were clarissa Mm -hmm. clarissa explains it all The first two seasons of all that, uh, Double Dare, Slime Time Live, Keenan and Kel, Legends of the Hidden Temple, and Gullah Gullah Island. God, I, yeah, I, so I got to see them film stuff when I went. I got to yeah. watch Gullah Gullah Island. Oh, cool. All that was like super, uh, it was like, oh, you weren't here four months ago? Sorry. Um, <laughs> All that was like, we asked and I think the person laughed. Not at me, because I was a kid. I didn't ask. My grandma asked. Um, mm-hmm. we saw Gullah Gullah Island and Closer explains it all get filmed. So I've been, mm. I've been in the same room as Melissa Joan Hart. Oh, I've seen, wow. I've seen her in real life person I, with her human face. 
as opposed to her TV face. Her cat face. <laughs> your fake TV face. <laughs> I wanted to be on Legend of the Hidden Temple, and so I didn't understand that. So when they asked if we wanted mm-hmm. to see it, I was like, I want to be on it. And they were like, okay, but because I like. I was not old enough for Legend of the Hidden Temple at this point in life, everybody. It's, <laughs> like, you had to be, like, I feel like 13 or something, and I was not 13 in 1998. <laughs> yeah, Legends of the Hidden Temple is intense. That would have been a cool one to see film. Yeah, though. that would have been rad. Um, I saw Slime Time Live. Oh, nice. Get filmed. That'd be a good one, too. Uh, that one was okay. It's, like, there's a lot of, like, there were a lot of, like, TV segments that you don't get to see. Because mm. they would do, like, calls in. Oh, and, right. like, that was done at a later <laughs> so, time. So, <laughs> like, and here's where we put this at. And you're, like, cool, cool, pretty cool, Pretty much. Cool. Yeah, it was, like, okay. And then, of course, you get slimed. So, like, how that process worked is that, um, because you saw two in which you did not get slimed. But I yes. saw one in which <laughs> you get slimed. Um, so, like, they had, like, a big, like... One of those, like, you know, those squirt guns that are, like, kind of like the squirt bazooka where yeah. you, like, pull it back against your stomach? Yeah. It was that, but slime. And um, this, the guy purposely aims for children. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, wait. Okay. That sounds terrifying. Yes, it was. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. It looks fun on you TV. Get... Yeah, you no, know, it was actually kind of scary. Because, like... It just it just doesn't stop. It just keeps coming. The slime keeps coming, and you're covered in slime, and you smell like apple applesauce. And it's like Do they give you like the like the poncho, like you're at like in a like a Sea World, or is it just like oh no. you're co- ha ha go have fun cleaning your kid off of what like you have to like, go back to your hotel still. We were just in the park. We had to get back in the car and drive back to Disney property. Wait, <laughs> like, wait, yeah, wait. Wait, God, hey, Nickelodeon, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> it was just so baffling. And I know that they purposely aim for kids because my dad, nothing. He had a little bit of slime on his shoe. That's it. Wow. Just nothing. He did not get slimed. Well, that's... I got just... Huh. Completely. Oh, also, I was wearing a shirt with Tigger on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to turn it inside out. Oh. So not only am I slimed, but now my shirt is inside out, and, and it's, oh no, I now can't you're... turn it back the other way because it's slime on it. Oh, you turned it inside out previously, so you didn't get slime on Tigger. No, they made me. They were like, you have to turn your shirt inside out because oh, we can't have Tigger. Oh, okay. Because he's a Disney. They were like, we can't show Tigger on Nickelodeon. And I was like, oh, so you right. walked up and they're like, hey, what the fuck are you wearing? <laughs> Pretty much. They were like, you got to go turn this inside out. <laughs> Listen, you can turn it inside out or get the fuck off of my property. What, 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 were, you, what were you thinking, child? <laughs> you went to Universal Studios in a Tigger shirt? How could what you? The- how dare the you? Fuck is, I'm, 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 what are you thinking? I'm fucking throw you off this building. Gee, I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> the orange blood is not pleased. Pretty much. So it like took like about an hour. I was like covered in slime. I can't tell you anything else about the process. Just everything smells like apples. And I d- does. Do you remember like getting like? Did your mom have to like give you a bath? Like how did you, did it wash off in the like shower easily? I think I blacked it all out. <laughs> I like need to I... know the cleanup process from like you because you got to get in a car. Did you put towels down? Like, yeah, I think I just dried eventually. Like, I don't know. It was. I'm like, 
was there like a fountain you could get go to? I don't remember. That's the that's the problem. I absolutely cannot remember anything else after being slimed. <laughs> you got like, slimed. And you, your body was like, this is a traumatic experience. I mean, you're now shutting. Yeah, to, we are. Like, you, they take out the bazooka, and your brain's like, all right, Brenda, we're gonna shut down for a second. And your mom and dad, you'll be okay. They will let you know yeah. when you're safe again. <laughs> This will be a fun anecdote you can tell on your podcast you have in 20 years or whatever. Because <laughs> like, I, even when I, I was a kid, frankly, I would see people get slimed and think, that looks terrible. That does not look fun. Yeah, well, I hate getting wet. Like, so I hate rides in which you, like, get, get wet. So, like, Splash Mountain, no. Like, oh, rap God, ride, was the, no. Is the slime wet or sticky? Um, It wasn't super sticky, I don't think. But it would have had to have been. It was full of sugar. It yeah, smelled like it apples. Has to, it's, you had to be, like, terribly sticky. Like Sticky. When you watch it on TV, it was like, ha-ha, I don't think I'd want that to happen to me. But for the effect to be a man brings out a gun and starts shooting at you. <laughs> yeah, and it's like every time they went to commercial break, they would be like, all right, time to slime everyone and they would just be like here it comes and you're like what? why and then you <laughs> why then you would watch this? like a little you'd watch a little game and then they'd be like all right it's commercial break here comes the slime again no. and it's like no not more <laughs> i don't even think i i did not enter the park with the intention of being on slime time live my dad just showed up with like the tickets and was just like hey we should do this and i'm glad we did Mm-hmm. because i could tell the story now and it was like towards the end so like that's something i can say that i at least got to do mm-hmm. because no one gets to do it at all anymore mm-hmm. but at the time i just i blacked it all out <laughs> that's a, oh my um, god sorry continue. i know i got a shirt i know i got a shirt like we just bought like a nickelodeon shirt after that so i think i changed my shirt your shirt had so, to be like terribly sticky that's what i'm thinking so i think i wear like I have no clue what happened to the Sega shirt, but I, I I would wear like very large shirts because I and I still do this just because like I have a lot of like sensory issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a big shirt, so I'm thinking that it maybe covered my shorts, so it was fine. Okay. Like short short wise, mm-hmm. so I probably just like had like slime on my shoes or something, and then like once I changed my shirt, it was fine. But because I'm it was a lot. I'm thinking of when they would get slimed on Slime Time Live. And they like slick. They usually like slick their hair back, and like so. Thinking of that now, it's not like that. Their hair is like stuck to their head. Yeah, and I had long hair back then. Oh no! So. But I think I, I always wore it in a ponytail, so I think maybe my bangs were just a little bit slimed. Yeah, they don't slime parents. <laughs> they must have slimed a parent once, and that parent was like, "Don't you know I'm the president of the United States? You piece of shit!" And they're like, "No, we don't. We run Nickelodeon." <laughs> Obama's just like the parents. <laughs> In this alternate universe where Obama was the president in the 90s and then <laughs> was president <laughs> <laughs> In this world, Obama became president in 2004 and then became president again. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, like, after I did this, at this point, like, I was like, none of my, like, classmates watch slam time live so mm-hmm. no one's gonna see this so thank god um this is false people saw me in the audience <laughs> so like i get back to class like after my vacation people are just like were you in the audience of slam time live and i was just like <laughs> fuck <laughs> oh that's so people saw me wow so in theory and i don't we have recorded somewhere but in theory you can find an episode of slam time live 
that I'm in a tie-dye yellow shirt that's has Tigger on the inside. <laughs> featuring Slime Time Live featuring host Brenda. Pretty much. Like I feel like I we have um I don't know if you remember this is such an anecdote. Our friend Kim remember was on like a was it a soap opera? <gasps> oh, I don't remember what it, it was. was. Remember she was like I was on this show. I remember I found it. I found like the episode she was in and the timestamp. <laughs> Forgot about this. Um, and then also her other friend Charlie was like, I was in a show. She was like in a movie or something. Yeah. And I was like, wait, well, why were you both on TV? <laughs> I forgot about that. So you've been, you, I've been on TV. I was on TV in Japan. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're all famous, everybody. Spoiler alert. We've all been famous. I, this is, this is the reveal. I didn't get to be on the Disney channel <laughs> in Australia, but I did get to be on Nickelodeon. <laughs> Have I told the story about how I uh, tried out for a Disney Channel what? show twice? Wait, have I not told this story? No, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? It's a wild story. <laughs> there was a very brief time when I was still living in where I live now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know, like, a guy from high school just reached out to me and it was just like, hey, I'm trying to be an actor, but right now we need, like, X type of actress mm -hmm. and you're that's you mm -hmm. and i was just like huh okay so fill out <laughs> Brenda, all this stuff. Uh, actress yeah that's totally what i do i'm like sure i'll do it so like i fill out everything it turns out the show it's called the wannabes is the name of the show okay. and it didn't it was supposedly a disney production never aired here uh-huh aired in australia mm. i don't even know if it aired on the disney channel in australia but it was filmed in Howell at a high school. Hey, what? <laughs> yes. They had this whole high school in Howell. And this is during the school year, so I don't know what was going on. They, like, redid this whole high school, like, all up for, to, to tape the show in it in Howell. This is when Michigan had, like, the filming incentives. Mm -hmm. um, and things got pretty exciting for a hot second there. Mm -hmm. um, and so they were just like, yeah, just show up and audition for this part for this this show and it was just like background character um but they had me do read for like a sassy latina oh jesus <laughs> oh wow i was that's, like oh fuck that's really missing the mark on who you are huh <laughs> it's like, it like oh beans i can't do this but i tried and i tried twice for different parts huh. on two separate occasions and i didn't get in either time because turns out i'm not an actress <laughs> i mean that's so cool also i looked it up um it is created by someone who worked on disney's jump in and the proud family oh my god it follows the lives of classical performing arts high school students who want to be pop stars despite not being the producer from the australia it did air on abc1 and abc3 in their tween oriented time slot Oh my god. It was filmed in Hell, Michigan. Oh, it was did I say Hell? Yeah. It was filmed in Hell, Hell yeah. Michigan. Uh it was supposed to be done in Houston, Texas. <laughs> but it was <laughs> they were But it was moved to Michigan and they filmed it at Parker High High What the fuck? What the fuck? What imagine going to that high school and they're like <laughs> building a set around you for the weekend. You're like, what's going on? It's this show for Australia. What are you fucking talking about? Shut up. Australia? What? I remember like, I think the second read I did was like for like a groupie 
were like a band that was like based on the planet. So it was just like, mm, I love the planet bands. It's great. <laughs> I need to watch the show <laughs> just, to figure out who the fuck you could have been. Cause that <laughs> I tr- tried to find a clip of it. Like it was, I was reading the script and I was just like, oh fuck, I can't say this. <laughs> I can't make this meaningful. Like I hate this. This is bad. <laughs> like, wow. I can't basically do this. That was how I was almost done. Not the Disney Channel, ABC in Australia. <laughs> yeah, so I don't have a segue back for you. I've dragged you pretty far from your topic. You want to tell me more about Nickelodeon Studios Orlando? Yeah, I can't believe I haven't shared that on the podcast wow. before. <laughs> so, back to Nickelodeon. Um, the final show to be taped at Nickelodeon Studios was Nickelodeon Splat, which ran from March 2004 to August of the same year. Um but I'm getting ahead of myself. We have to talk about the Slime Geyser, which in all of my research, everyone was like, the Slime Geyser is an attraction, but it's literally just a fountain. It's just a fountain. It's just a fountain. Everyone would be like, the Slime Geyser, gotta go see the Slime Geyser. It's a fountain. That's It's just a fountain that hey, has green water, fountain. like it's St. Patrick's Day in Savannah. <laughs> fountain is not attraction, says Brenda. Yeah, it's not. It's a fountain. Okay, so wait, um, wait. You don't count landmarks as attractions? Not when I'm at a theme park oh. and an attraction is a roller coaster. Hey, Brenda said get your game fucking up, Nickelodeon. Yeah, they were like, we don't have a ride for a long time. Don't worry, they will have a ride. Don't stress it, I'm getting there. <laughs> um, they also, another quote-unquote attraction was the Nickelodeon time capsule, which was buried next to the Slime Geyser. Um... And it was buried in 1992 mm-hmm. in front of Soundstage 18. Mm-hmm. And the contents of this capsule were voted on by viewers. Do you want to know what the time capsule had inside of oh, it? Oh, I was going to ask if it's opened. It is not opened, and I will get into that oh. in a little bit. Um, so it contained, and they did it live, so we know exactly what's in the time capsule, so it's not a surprise. It's, it's going to be a surprise to see how some of these things have held up mm-hmm. over the course of time. So anyway, inside of this thing, bubble gum, a skateboard. A comic book, a phone book, VHS copies of Back to the Future and Home Alone. Oh, wow. Assorted pictures of bicycles, trains, and politicians, (laughs) and celebrities. (laughs) Here's where it gets spicy. A piece of the Berlin Wall. Wait. A TV guide from Orlando, Florida. A Barbie doll. A Game Boy. A Nicktoons t-shirt. Michael Jackson CDs. Twinkies. An issue of Nickelodeon Magazine rollerblades a can of nickelodeon gack reebok pump sneakers a copy and a copy of the book on endangered species hey i don't you, you tried to sneak that berlin wall in there <laughs> <laughs> and i have i have a lot of notes on most of those things and how unrecognizable they'll probably be unless this thing is like free of air inside of it which i'm sure it's i think it is is it airtight I hope it's airtight because there's Twinkies in if there. If it's not airtight, that thing is um, is is going to be terrible to open. We're not going to open it until 2042. Fucking so still, A. They were like, we're burying it for 50 years. And it's like, that was very bold of you, Nickelodeon, to assume <laughs> that you would still be here in Orlando in 50 yeah. years. Let alone that you would still be anywhere in 50 years. Yeah. The <laughs> guts that took to say, we'll be here in 50 years. Hey, Nickelodeon's like, do, 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 do you have it? Guts. 
Got him. Um, <laughs> hey, where did they get a piece of the Berlin Wall? <laughs> I'd, someone had to have mailed it to them. Like, <laughs> who been like, who gave here them is, that? <laughs> here is the designated chunk of the, Ber- which has just gone down in this point of time. Yeah, it's 1992. Like, I don't, it, for yeah. people that aren't big history people, um, that may have been born around me, we're like, 1992, like, that just happened. That just, it just went down. Germany has just been unified. Like, it, I don't, I, history will not make it clear to you, like, history class. Like, that is, that is, like, brand new information. <laughs> yeah. And everyone was like, this is the biggest thing that has happened, and we're gonna put a chunk of this thing in the time capsule. Who gave them that? I don't Because I know, I know when it came down, like, people just grabbed it. Like, the people were just, like, getting it. Yeah. Like, that's cool. People were just grabbing chunks. Yeah, like, people have chunks all over the world. Who in the funk got a chunk to a Nickelodeon exec? And they're like, yeah, we're going to put it in this fucking time capsule until 2042. Mark Summers was there. <laughs> <laughs> you can find a picture of Mark Summers just like drop kicking a piece of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> this will please the orange splat. <laughs> oh my god. So... We'll get back to the time capsule. We're not done with it yet. Jesus. Okay, go ahead. In 2002, the fantastic world of Hanna-Barbera closed down. Mm -hmm. So remember, as I said previously, it was like right up against the Nickelodeon stuff. So Mm -hmm. Hanna-Barbera closed down. Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast comes in. Wow. So finally, Nickelodeon... Two years before the end times has a ride. <laughs> Don't worry, everybody. <laughs> We've saved the studio. The studio is saved. So to tell it truthfully, I loved Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast. Oh, okay. um, so I didn't have a chance to. Well, I might have gone on Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera, but I feel like it was broken down when I was there while it was still open. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I think this is an Intamin, which is like a big ride manufacturer. This is an Intamin ride simulator ride so you've got like a big screen and a bunch of like little little rockets Mm -hmm. um that kind of move around in time with like a i believe it's just a 2d video so it's not like a 3d like a 4d experience Mm -hmm. um so they kind of move around but it's just like so seamless and i get motion sick very easily Mm -hmm. it's so synced up so well and so seamless that it's like a very kind of just like fun air-conditioned ride experience oh nice really liked it um and that same ride system is still in effect today with the Minions ride because, like, you don't really have to change much to update that ride. Mm-hmm. You literally just switch out the video, redo the theming, um, maybe change the cars up a little bit. But I, I know between, like, Fantastic, World of Hanna-Barbera, and Jimmy Neutron, they didn't change the cars at all. They were like, these are fine. We can just reuse these for this Nickelodeon ride. And also the interesting thing about, like, the simulator attraction is that, like, it can be installed elsewhere. So... It's still like functioning like as Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast in other theme parks around the world because it's really just easy to install. And simultaneously, Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera, up until pretty recently, was also still functioning in other places around the world. And you really don't get to see that mm. with like other rides. It's just so easy to like install them in like smaller locations. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it was really fun. It's like a ride where you like we're hanging out with Jimmy Neutron and you go through like different Nicktoons mm-hmm. lands. So you go through like SpongeBob land and Fairyland and um rugrats land mm-hmm. and it's just it's air conditioned and it's nice because it's 100 degrees in orlando usually 
it's so hot there. It's very hot and it's 100% humidity. So if you're not ready for that, you'll die. You are hot and sticky. It's very sticky. And maybe even stickier if you've got Oh, God. And they slime people. What are they doing? They slime you and then they're like, they slime you and then like, now get out of the studio. I feel like there had to have been like a water something somewhere that you could just stand under and get like doused off. Like there had, had to be like to be. a water attraction. Like go over to like Day in the Park with Barney and go to the <laughs> Oh, the Five O Goes West um water thing <laughs> that's still there inexplicably. Oh, me. Yeah. There's still a Five O Goes West attraction at Universal Studios. <laughs> it's a water fountain that you can play in. Um so yeah. Nickelodeon finally had, like, a ride attraction mm. with the studios. Um, but unfortunately, that could not save the studios in the end. Um, Nickelodeon had its final show taping in 2004, and the studio itself was closed for good in 2005. And then in 2006, they announced that one of the um, the studios, Soundstage 18, would be repurposed into a permanent venue for the Blue Man Group. <laughs> <laughs> From the ashes of Nickelodeon. <laughs> it rise the blue men group which actually very recently was announced that that's not coming back so what will go in its place we just don't know yet wait okay <laughs> is the time capsule still there i will explain where Jesus. the time capsule's at in just a second <laughs> so um so nickelodeon's not filming there but in 2008 they would briefly return to universal studios for one last time to do a revival for Guts, as you mentioned earlier. Guts. <laughs> and that's all I can do before the orange splat falls in my house. <laughs> uh, it was like a new version of Guts, but it was actually primarily filmed on sound stages 23 and 24, which is like a little bit down the street mm-hmm. um, from the original ones. But they did use the old break rooms in Soundstage 19. Um, How did you... Is, hey, slime- Sorry. Hey everybody, Brenda. <laughs> how the fuck did you find that out? Where did they Where did they tell people like what break room they used? It was just I like watched a couple of videos and they mentioned it, and it is actually just on like the Wikipedia page for the show, like for the new guts Who's show. Making they were, like, these wiki pages where they why? <laughs> listen, even in the video, why are they like yeah we use the break room and like why are you telling me that? <laughs> It's because, like, theme park people are very obsessed with, like, knowing what goes on in a space when no one's using it. That's absolutely wild. That'd be like if we, like, that's like if we got popular, right? And we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, on a and a or whatever, and we're like, oh, yeah, we used Break Room 10 for this Comic-Con. Like, why? I'm not going to fucking tell you where I pee. <laughs> That's so- yeah, so it just it got really specific, and I was like, "Well, this is interesting information it's- to my theme park." No, brain. yeah, I, I, all Brenda knows is theme park and failed restaurant. So, <laughs> so the slime geyser got moved after two thousand or removed after two thousand eight, mm-hmm. um, and the time capsule. We're back to the time capsule. Um, the time capsule looks like it, it got moved originally to the nick hotel which was like a little ways outside of universal studios um the nick hotel was like this pretty large hotel that was like nickelodeon it looked really cool and it it did look cool but towards the end it got really bad (laughs) (laughs) 
things got really bad there. I feel like that's the theme of this show. People are like, oh, yeah, I remember, like, yeah, it was real fucks. <laughs> yeah, there's an episode of the Defunct Land podcast that goes into, because, like, Defunct Land is a YouTube channel, yeah. and which kind of went a little bit into, like, kind of what happened mm. in the demise. But then there's an episode of their podcast where he interviews a former manager towards the end, like, one of the last managers there. And she's just, like, being like, oh, yeah, well, there was a lot of heinous things happening. Heinous? Just, like, how they would have to, like, if there was, like, an accident in, like, the water park area, they'd have to, like, shut everything down and, like, and, like, it was just... It's an absolutely wild ride. They Jesus. were like, oh, well, like, there were, like, water leaks here. And we'd have to, like, everyone was really angry at me all the time. And just, like, it just absolute, just evolved into absolute nonsense. Wow. Um, so the hotel closed <laughs> in 2016. So the, the time capsule got moved again back to California to Nick, Nickelodeon's um, Burbank Studios there. And that is where it resides to this very huh. day. It's still there. And it's still set to be open in 2042. Wow. That it feels like it feels like the hubris. The hubris of Nickelodeon. They're like, <laughs> we cannot let the, listen, we're gonna look like real assholes if we open this early or never open it, okay? We're gonna look like real at we gotta keep a track of this. It like if Nickelodeon crumbled and went completely under, I feel like the president, it's like written in their the blood oath they swore to Nickelodeon to like protect the time capsule at all costs yeah it's like the fact that they've moved it three times and haven't moved it to like like we know where it is i don't know if you can look at it currently but like have it moved it to like a private location where they're like trust us the time capsule is still in existence but we can't tell you where it is like the fact that they're like it's here don't worry about it it's fine we'll open it in 2042 if we can survive do they bury it every time yeah, they rebury it. It's, like, in the ground under, like, a manhole. You can look up, like, pictures of what wow. it looks like. And they've changed the manhole every time. So, like, the original one was, like, a very, like, 90s. They're, like, this is the time capsule. And then they, like, put, like, a pretty cool one at the Nick Hotel with, like, this, like, blobulous, gacked a shimmer effect on mm. it. I don't know how they did that, but it looks cool. And then around the top, it would say, like, open in 2042. So, I don't know what it looks like now mm. at the studios. I think they might have just kept the the former manhole but yeah it's in the ground so someone technically could just dig it up yeah i mean if they (laughs) jackhammer if if they didn't have uh artie from pete and pete guarding it with his life (laughs) artie just stands out there all day (laughs) that's why he wasn't in that last season of pete yeah he was busy he was busy guarding the time capsule with his incredible might yeah (laughs) uh so like 21 more years i know i'm like am i gonna survive to see them open this stupid <laughs> time capsule my my actual child will be 20 years old when they open they'll be like what the fuck is a nickelodeon why are you crying <laughs> you'll be like, you'll call them and be <laughs> like open the time hey hey child we have to we have to watch them open the time capsule the time <laughs> like, child's just the, like what the you- fuck is a nick yeah did you and mom bury a time capsule when i was where no it's from nickelodeon what the fuck is nickelodeon you know like sponge what's a sponge sponges are named bob what are you talking about (laughs) oh that old cartoon you used to watch when you were a kid (laughs) i'm trying to think about how old like the frame of reference of that for like 
kids being born now like how just bad shit that's gonna sound yeah like this isn't like stressing to them that this is an important thing that they need to like there's gonna be like a hologram of mark (laughs) summers with like a pre-recorded message like you've made it to 2042 now many of you are wondering why we are gathered here i need to look up how old mark summers is will he be there he he will no. It'll be a hologram with a pre-recorded message because he will not be there. <laughs> oh yeah, he's sixty-nine. He won't be there. He will not be there. He will not make it. He would be. Also, he's sixty-nine. Nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. Oh god, I'm doing math live, everybody. So nine plus here <laughs> the one. So ninety. He could make it, but it would be pretty astonishing. He would be 90 years old. So I'm going to say he probably won't be at the event. He no, could be that's alive. Why they need, that's why they need to record like a hologram of him so he can still be there <laughs> when they open up the stupid time capsule in 2032. Dumb fucking time capsule. <laughs> he has, o- he has yeah. OCD. Well, oh. Interesting. I'm I'm a Mark Summers patient, everybody. I've heard he's very nice. Yeah. Oh, he had leukemia, <laughs> but he beat it. He's okay. Everybody. Oh, nice. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> so Jimmy Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon blast um, continued on until 2011, okay. um, when it was closed and replaced with Despicable Me Minion Mayhem in 2012. I, I miss Jimmy Neutron Nicktoon so much. I would have anything over minions. I would rather have my eyes clawed out slowly with dull butter knives. <laughs> <laughs> the minions are a pox on this world, and I want to free us from their grasp. <laughs> I hate them so much, so much. And I, hey, I love the Spickle Me one and two. Yeah. I hate the minions. <laughs> It's very weird that Nickelodeon doesn't have... Because Nickelodeon does still have a presence at Universal Studios. Mm. And this is kind of where it gets weird. Nickelodeon is still popular. They are still opening Nickelodeon attractions. Um, the Nickelodeon Nicktoon Universe just opened it at the American Dream Mall in New Jersey, like, last oh. year. Um, there's a Nickelodeon theme park at the Mall of America. There's Nickelodeon theme parks... In England, there's a Nickelodeon theme park in Australia. You know, like, there's Nickelodeon theme parks everywhere. And, like, the brand recognition of, like, Spongebob and other Nicktoons is still, like, very high. Mm -hmm. So it's wild that, like, Nickelodeon didn't try to, like, adapt and, like, keep up a presence at Universal Mm -hmm. Studios. And Nickelodeon is still kind of there. So, like, there is a, a whole Spongebob store in the kid zone area of Universal Studios, and there's still walk around characters of like Dora and SpongeBob and like a couple other Nicktoon characters mm-hmm. um, that still make a presence. So like there's still like a licensing deal there. Mm-hmm. You can find like merchandise with like Nicktoons on it through like out the whole park. And strangely enough, you can also at least like as the last time I was there, you could still find like Scooby Doo merchandise around the park and other Hanna-Barbera merchandise around the park, even though the fantastic world of Hanna-Barbera has not been in the park since the early 2000s. Mm. Um, there's still Scooby-Doo walk-around characters and Scooby-Doo floats in, like, the Universal parades. And it's very interesting that, like, they don't have a presence there, but Five Goes West has a fucking water attraction. Do you think so? And So my working theory... <laughs> 
Yes. The Five Logos West water attraction, I think, is like, it's Florida. It's a, you could put any, you could be like, it's a webcam water attraction. You know, I think it's just, it's a water thing and it's hot. Yeah. There's also a Curious George water attraction in that same area of the mm-hmm. park over mm-hmm. there. Um, oh, I see. Kid Zone is just, I see. yeah, Kid Zone is baffling because Kid Zone is Stuff. a Curious George, yeah, Kid Zone is a Curious George attraction. Up until very recently, a, bar- a Barney attraction. A Five Goes West attraction, a Woody Woodpecker attraction, a Bullwinkle store, and the E.T. ride. Yeah, that Bullwinkle store and that's, can't sell shit. There's no fucking way. Yeah, I'm wondering if, like, the Bullwinkle store might have been uh, made into the Spongebob store. That seems like it would be make yeah. sense, right? Unless it's, like, because kids, like, it's also, I think the thing with brands and kids, like, if you have brand recognition, that's cool. If the kid is, like seven and younger they don't really care they're just like that looks like a thing i would like my brain says buy it yes it's it's just very interesting um like if you put a bullwinkle thing next to a spongebob thing a kid will probably go for spongebob because like culturally just know what that is yeah and he's yellow um but the way kids brains work is like if you make it a thing that a kid will think is fun they will want it it doesn't matter if they know who Mm -hmm. it is yeah because they don't know what Yeah, they don't know shit. They're like, what's this bull... Like, you could get them a Bullwinkle plushie or whatever. If it's soft and looks cute enough, they'll like it. And then they'll like what... Like, you could show them old Bullwinkle cartoons and they'll like it. And they'll be a weird kid who likes a cartoon from, like, 800 <laughs> years ago. But they'll like it. <laughs> yeah, that was always me. <laughs> <laughs> um, But the other thing I was wondering is, like, with Nickelodeon... And with what Nickelodeon's, like, begun to kind of like corner in as their market because i feel like when we were growing up they were like they tried to grab like kids like preschool like four to like 13 like early teenagers yeah they had that whole demographic and over time it's like shrunk in age like i don't think they really try and grab like teens they get like tweens Mm -hmm. but i don't think they really gear for teens anymore and kids like little kids like you can make like a kid ride but like I feel like, at least when I was a kid, like, I didn't like rides. I'd like to see the characters walking around and then I want to buy stuff and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of makes sense to me that they have lost, like, a foothold in terms of, like, stuff to come do. Um, especially with, like, how shows get made. Like, I'm not shocked that they don't do live, like, because the studio not being there, like, that they don't do, like, live filming and stuff. Um, but yeah, it makes sense that they have characters walk around because, so, like, kids, that's, like, what kids want. They want to, like, take a picture with spongebob and buy a spongebob hat they don't they'll go on the spongebob ride because it's spongebob but they don't really care mm-hmm. um at least i didn't care as a kid so that's me thinking as kid austin like you have enough time <laughs> to get a spongebob hat take a picture with spongebob and like either get a snack or go on the spongebob ride and it's like well I'll probably get the spongebob snack over the ride then yeah well i think like that whole quarter of kid zone and i get that like maybe like universal doesn't want to have deals with like outside companies because they're kind of in like a really weird spot mm. currently because like they have the Simpsons area, which belongs to Disney now. They have oh, the God. Harry Potter area, sorry, the unnameable boy wizard <laughs> area, which belongs to Warner Brothers. Um, they have the Nickelodeon stuff, which belongs to Viacom. <laughs> They've got what else is in this park that they don't own? Is Universal just like. Now everybody play like I feel like meetings must be like all right. Now everybody play nice. We've taken away all your <laughs> knives. 
Now let's talk turkey. Yeah, yeah, they're just in a weird position, like, right now. And I feel like, including the Minions, because Universal outright owns Illumination, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, Despicable Me is a Universal yeah. film. Like, incorporating that into it, like, maybe that's the direction they want to go. But also, it's just, like, they're also adding, like, a Nintendo area at some oh, right. unspecified time. Yeah, so originally, like, Kid Zone was supposed to be, like, refitted into a Nintendo mm-hmm. area, and they, like, started ripping everything out, which, you know, people were really upset just because E.T. is in that area, and E.T. is the last opening day attraction at Universal yeah, Studios. it's like a classic thing. Um, yeah, and it's, I think it's cool. Um, definitely smells like it's rotting a little yeah, bit, Yeah, they probably cool. need some TLC. Yeah, like, we gotta update a little bit. But anyway, it's the last opening day attraction left in the park so people were like please don't take et away mm-hmm. like just whatever and then universal studios made the decision to like stop tearing apart kid zone and instead um open a third park down the street Wild. Um, which is currently on hold because of the, the badness <laughs> that occurred <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a, i imagine like can you imagine being like one of the workers for like like demoing you're like throwing a sledgehammer through a wall because demo is fun and they're like hey we gotta stop breaking it and put it all up we're gonna open a new one instead you're like what we've been we gotta put it all back we didn't keep it we threw it away well we gotta make a new one (laughs) we have to rebuild the Bible ghost west water play area (laughs) where are the pieces we didn't keep the pieces we were told to throw it away well sucks It's they're thirty years yeah. old. <laughs> what do you mean? Where are the pieces in the trash where they belong? Like this is not safe. <laughs> Children should not be on this. <laughs> um. Lastly, those images that I posted, um, to explain to the audience, one was an was a cardboard standee of Eliza Thornberry with a word balloon that says "It's dry mm-hmm. in here," and then the second one was the yellow hat hatted man. <laughs> Man in the yellow the hat. unknowable yellow-headed <laughs> man from Curious George. <laughs> Curious George. With the same word bubble that says it's dry in here. And those two images were from the Nickelodeon Blast Zone at Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, which was kind of, like, built in reaction to the fact that, like, there was a Nickelodeon area at the other park. And it was more so a water play area that was Nickelodeon themed. And then, like, the inside portion, which was originally, like, um, Wild Thornberries, was, like, this like pretty cool looking like foam ball mm-hmm. throwing experience. Mm-hmm. It's just a giant temple themed room full of foam balls. You just throw at people and Incredible. that's it. Do you wanna know do you that's wanna know it. the name and, of the yeah. man in the yellow hat? What's his name? Charles? Uh I thought it was Ted. Ted <laughs> What is it? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Ted Shackelford, because I think of it because I think about King of the Hill with Dale Rusty Shackelford. <laughs> And they both wore hats. And that's how I remember it. But I could be wrong. Let's see. Yellow. I know nothing about Curious George. Yellow hat man. Curious George name is a Google search. (laughs) What? Who is he? The man with the yellow. That can't be his name. Curious George wiki. The man with the yellow hat. Also known as Theodore Ted Shackelford. Yep. Known publicly as the man with the yellow hat. Wait. Publicly to who? In the (laughs) Curious George world? In the world of Curious George? Is he not on the... They just call him the man in the yellow hat. He was first ever jo- voiced by Will Ferrell in 2006. I, I did know that. <laughs> if you didn't know, he was also, Will Ferrell was also Elf. The movie Elf. 
Whoa, really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why is that a wiki thing? Uh oh! This... In the in like the Cure Shores books and stuff, for a long time he didn't have a name. He gets a name in like when they made the 2006 movie because like you can't oh, just call okay. people Man with Yellow Hat. Mr. Man in the Yellow Hat, you can't have a monkey so, here. So for a long time he <laughs> excuse me, his name yeah, is George. For a long time he didn't <laughs> like no the people didn't have names like George had a name and that was it. Like other people were just like people. Uh, so that that is why he is known more as Man with the Yellow Hat because that was just like. How he was talked about in the Curious George <laughs> fandom, I guess. George. In the fandom, everyone just calls him Man in the Yellow Which Hat. sounds a lot like an X-Files character, like the smoking man. Like, it sounds like he's some kind of, like, eldritch alien being or something. Yeah, he's like a cryptid who shows up in his yellow hat with his pet monkey perched <laughs> upon his shoulder. I hear you've been talking badly about the Nickelodeon time capsule and... Well, need you to get in, kid. And he opens up like a banana, and you're like, what? Get in. (laughs) Fade to black. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando, Florida. Um, They still use two... So one of the sound stages, Soundstage 18, was, until pretty recently, the Blue Man Group. And then the two other sound stages are actually still used for filming. Which was wild, but they're filmed like the the Bally. Oh my god, does that a chipmunk? Oh my, one second. Oh my god. Wait, in your house? Outside the window. <laughs> in the wild. <laughs> in my head, there's like a fucking chipmunk, as if your Disney princess just showed up like in your basement. <laughs> he was like right. In, there's a wood pile outside the window, and he was just. Right out there, climbing into the wood pile, so chipmunks confirmed for wood pile. <laughs> What's that say? There's this, the stages. One was Blue Man Group, and the other is um the the Bali the Bali um fitness company. Oh. I think that's that's what that it is. Yeah, so they have two shows that they film in um like daily. For like local television huh. in these two sound stages, which was pretty wild. I was like, they still use them because, like, over the way at Disney Hollywood Studios, absolutely no filming gets done there anymore. Well, that's because that's where Mickey's hiding stuff. Yes, and all of the sound yeah, stages. Don't, there. You don't. Uh, hey, why don't we use those sound stages? What sound stages? Those over there. Get in, kid. <laughs> Damn, you were a good stagehand too, but uh, you're not supposed to view the unviewable, so we need you to get on in there. You can find out for yourself. Oh, it's time for me to go. <laughs> and then you just hear shrieking on the inside when they open the door, and then when they close it, it all stops. <laughs> <laughs> when all of these studios collapse, I'll release my Eldridge fanfic about them when I am safe. <laughs> when the mouse cannot find me. <laughs> Here already. Oh shit. <laughs> okay, wait. So this time capsule. Those VHS tapes? Yes. Absolutely not. Uh because like VHS actively corrodes. Does it? It does, right? Or is it with every viewing? But I, have... I thought the VHS, like the, the film, like you have to preserve it or it will just start to break down on its own. Oh, so like with VHS, because I've got VHS tapes from the eighties that still work just fine. Hmm. Um it's Repeated viewings degrades the gotcha. film. 
So they're fine. So, like, I have, like, a Back to the Future. Let's see. I think it's right in here. What do you think in there is going to be absolutely unrecognizable? Um, the gum. See, I think the gum will be fine. I don't think you'll be able to chew it. But I think it'll be... I don't think it'll be broken down. I think it's gonna degrade. Mm. I think it's gonna melt. Alright, um, what do I got here? I've got a VHS copy of You're in Love, Charlie Brown from... What year is this? Eight. This is old. This looks like it's from the 80s. Or the early 90s. It doesn't have a year on it. Oh. Hey, get in, kid. (laughs) Film still looks, um, supple. (laughs) That's how how we here here experts describe our film as supple and ample bosom. (laughs) What do I got here? Now I'm just going through my VHS. I've got a copy of Is This Goodbye, Charlie Brown from 1987. Okay. And looks supple. <laughs> my my money is on all of the paper. Yes. All of the... Well, I think the, the chunk of the Berlin Wall is just going to That would be on. fine? <laughs> In, I think... It also like the Twinkie. I think okay. So if it's if it is truly like vacuum sealed, like they did in airlock, like took out all of the oxygen, most of it will yeah. be all right. I don't know if yeah. Nick has the technology to do it properly. <laughs> I don't. They've know. also removed. They've also moved it, which like gets weird, right? Because the idea is like. You bury it, and it's as safe as when you bury it the first time, but, like, every time you move it, that introduces new variables. Yeah, I'm like, is it in? I'm trying to find a picture of it before they buried it. Oh! No, that's not it. <laughs> oh my god! It's the <laughs> it's the skull of Cthulhu! Because, <laughs> like, most time capsules are, like, a tube. Yeah. Like an airlocked mm-hmm. tube. It's like the thing, like, you send your credit card in when you go to a bank. Yeah. Usually. And I put the tube in the ground. And that's why, like, I'm like, well, every time they've taken it out, if it's translucent, like, it's getting exposed to the sun and shit. I think it's, like, a metal. Like, it's, it, okay, it's orange. I see okay. it. It's, it is one of those airlock tubes, but it's orange, so, like, no sun's getting in okay. there. All right, well. So, it could be safe. It could be fine. I still can't, April 30th, 2042. Holy fuck. Can they just open it already? I... I can't, I'm like, I guess I put this in my phone, and in 2042, April 30th, when it's like, Nick Time Capsule, I go, what? Hello? Your headphones died. One second, my headphones aren't working. They, yeah, I can tell. One second. Don't worry, everybody, we'll probably end it back at the Time Capsule bit. I don't my know. My headphones aren't working. I'm just trying to get our <laughs> headphones figured out, so I'm talking to you right now, and to Brenda. If if this sounds funny, I guess we'll keep it. But if it doesn't, then we probably won't. And you won't know any of this ever happened. I'm back. You're back. <laughs> I left a little note for you from when you started sounding oh. weird. That if it sounds funny, you can keep it. But if not, we'll just pretend it never happened. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, my AirPods are dying. So I think we have to say goodbye to this episode. That's it. Set your Bye. alerts for 2042, everybody. We'll see you then. And also next week. We're going to have... <laughs> We're going to have a special edition of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries at the reopening of the Nickelodeon Time Capsule in 2042. We're going to get a fucking announcement. It's like podcast 2042, Nick Time Capsule. And be like, 
what the fuck is what is a nerd mystery what are you talking about i've forgotten everything from before <laughs> from before the collapse what's the internet <laughs> <laughs> goodbye Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter. The show is edited and produced every week by the amazing host Brenda. And as a reminder, please, please, please... For listening to Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review. Helps to show it a lot. Tell a friend about the show. And until next time, historians, see ya.